Not Pastor Evan's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Because it's always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. As I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God stepping up to minister life to your people. And Lord, I pray that the word will fall on good ground, that our hearts are ready to receive and our minds are ready to believe the incorruptible seed of your word. And I declare in Jesus' name that our lives will never be the same and that signs, miracles, and wonders will follow this word as a result of this teaching. And Lord, I thank you that our lives will be the better after having heard the word of truth. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week our message title was Tuning Into God's Voice. Tuning Into God's Voice. And the focus on last week's message was centered around discerning God's voice from our voice. And if I could summarize a principle that could be used to help hear God's voice, it would be the principle of sowing and reaping. Say sowing and reaping. And here is why I chose that principle. Because the more time that a person spends with God in prayer or in reading his word, the better you will hear his voice. And that's something that no one can do for you. And this is why having a personal relationship with God is so important. Coming to church connects you with his body and allows you to hear his word for your life. But when you have a personal relationship with God and you spend time in prayer and you spend time in his word, what it allows you to do is recognize his voice better. Now, since I dis- didn't finish my lesson on last week, I decided to finish it today. So if you're taking notes, the message title is The Voice of His Word. The Voice of His Word. And the goal of the lesson today is to show you how to recognize God's voice through His Word. Now, if you have your Bibles, find Psalm 103.20. Psalm 103.20. And then we're going to turn over to Matthew chapter 2, verses 12. That was Psalm 103, 20. And then Matthew chapter 2, we're going to look in verses 12. The biggest challenge when teaching people how to hear God's voice is helping them recognize what His voice sounds like. But there's one common denominator that must be present when we discern the voice of God, and that is His voice should always agree with His written Word. Amen. God's Word must be the foundation of His voice, or people will hear things that God is not saying. And that's why so many times Christians get off 
because we we thought we heard God say something that he didn't say and because we don't have a reference point on how to discern whether it was him or not, we get off base. Now, one of the things that I'm going to do before we're done today is to show you how or give you a principle on discerning whether it's you or it's God. Now, everybody say years ago. Years ago, there was someone who used to go to our church and... Uh, One of the things that they felt God said to them, it was a female, they said that God said to them that they were going to marry one of the guys in the group, boys to men. Y'all remember that that group? (laughs) And so, you know, they came to me and said, God told me that I was going to marry this particular person, you know, boys to men. And, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't feel that. And, uh, I didn't even sense that. And, and, and uh, sometimes when we're off, we don't know it. Now, I didn't say anything to the person. I decided to let them believe that that's what God said to them. Now, that was at least 10 years ago. How many know they are not married to that person right now? <laughs> now, had they asked me, I would have had the freedom to tell them, I, are you sure if that's God or gas? So the biggest challenge is helping people discern the, the, the difference between the two. So go to Psalm 103.20. We're going to start here. And here's my goal. My goal is to help you see how important God's word is and how it relates to his voice for our lives. Psalm 103.20 says this. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, Heeding, and the King James says, hearkening to the voice of his what? Word. Notice now it says that the angels of God, they are called to hearken or to heed. Watch this, to the voice of his word. In other words, God's word should be the primary voice in our lives. And most people, they get off because they can't put a... They can't put a connection point between what God has said to them and what they desire. So I have two points this morning. Here's the first one, if you're taking notes, and that is God's voice is God's word. God's voice is God's word. So many people are searching for God's voice when all they have to do is search his word for his voice. Years ago, I learned this principle that God's voice is his word. And I learned it. And here's the thing. As a new believer, I didn't know God's voice like I do today. But I realized that his voice had to agree. Say agree. His voice had to agree with his word. Therefore, if I learned his word, I would by default learn his voice. Let me say that again. Because if you're here today and you're a brand new believer, trust me, God is speaking to you. He desires to speak to you. But here's the thing. As you and I get into his word, as we learn his word more, by default, we will learn his voice. And here's why. Because his voice is his word. Notice in Psalm 103.20, it said that the angels of God... Hearken or heed to the voice of his word. Amen. Now, in Matthew chapter 2, go to Matthew chapter 2, 
Matthew 2. This is the second verse I told you to turn to, Matthew chapter 2. I want to point something out here uh, because my goal is is to help you see how important his word is and how it relates to his voice for your life. And I'm going to give you some personal examples of when God spoke to me of things that was not necessarily in the Bible and then give you some examples of when God spoke to me and it was out of the Bible. Everybody say years ago. Years ago when uh, I was in Bible school, I went to Bible school when I was 27 years old. And... uh, I actually was in corporate America, and we went on a missions trip, the church that I was a part of. We went on a missions trip, and this missions trip happened to be in Jamaica. We stayed on campus at at Christ for the Nations. At the time, it was Caribbean Christ for the Nations. And so we're staying on campus at this school doing this missions work. Well, when I was there, I had a strong impression that God wanted me to go to school there, even though I didn't want to go to school anymore. When I graduated from Prairie View NM University, I vowed that I would never go to school again. <laughs> the degree that I have, it made you have to read a lot. And so, I mean, I had to read a ton of books. And so I just said I didn't want to read another business book in my life. And so I was not going go to go to school anymore. And my pastor had said to me, Evan, I think God wants you to go to school again. How many know I didn't listen to him? I I didn't want to hear that. I was still paying off school loans for my first school. Well, I got to the campus there, and uh, long story short, got in school. I was the first Americans that they allowed to go to that school, so you know that was God. And uh, so I go through school, and I finish graduating and everything. So I'll never forget, uh, when I was graduating, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if God wanted me to go back to Ohio, because you have to understand, I left Bible, when I went to Bible school, I left Ohio. I wasn't living here in Texas at that time. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe I need to go back to Ohio. My pastor died while I was in Bible school, so I could have, you know, taken over that church, or I had an opportunity to start a church in Jamaica, or come back home. I didn't know what to do. And so I had prayed. I said, Lord, I need to, I need you to tell me what I need to do before I graduate or when I finish graduating. And so I was reading Matthew chapter two, and I'm going to show you through this verse that God spoke to me on what to do. It says in verse 12 and being warned, this is talking about Joseph when he was transporting Jesus and Mary and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and I want you to be there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Now that phrase where it says, be thou there until I bring you word. When I read it in Bible school, it jumped off the page. And what God was saying to me, Eben, is to stay right where you are. And when it's time for you to do what you need to do, I will bring you word. That was so comforting for me because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I go to back to Ohio. I didn't know if I moved back here to Texas. I didn't know if I stayed in Jamaica. But when I read that, he said, stay right where you are until I bring you word. See, the word of God is designed to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. 
But see, most of us don't allow it to be a light. And so when I read that, it jumped off the page. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to stay right here. Now, this principle of God's voice being his word is critical to know. And here's why. Because his written word, watch this, is reliable. As a matter of fact, his word is what started everything. Write down John 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. Say the word. And the word was with God. Say the word. And the word was God. Say the word. And this word was the same in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of me. And I love verse 14. Watch what it says. And the word. Say the word. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I read that because I wanted to point out something. I want you to notice what these verses did not say. They did not say, in the beginning was the voice. And the voice was with God. And the voice was God. It didn't say that, did it? What did it say? In the beginning was the what? In the beginning was the word. Why? Because the word should be the foundation, watch this, for his voice to make it easier for us to hear him. In other words, when we learn his word, it's the foundation for us to hear his voice when he speaks to us. Because he's never going to contradict what his word says. Amen. And a lot of people, they can't discern the difference between what they want And what they feel God wants them because they don't have a scriptural foundation for it. Everybody say years ago. Okay, so uh, before I graduated from college, I had a desire that I wanted to work. I, I wanted to have an option of jobs. So I began to confess with my mouth. The Bible says, therefore, you have received Christ Jesus. Keep walking in him. How did you receive him? You received him by faith. How does it? How do you receive something by faith? You confess with your mouth and you believe where? And so I started confessing, Father, I thank you. I'm going to have a multitude of job offers before I finish school. Well, I interviewed with a company. I did pretty good. They said, well, you know, we're going to fly you down and some others from different locations, different schools, and uh, let you interview. And uh, so I was flying to Ohio from Texas to go interview for this job. Well, while I was waiting on a friend of mine to take me to the airport, I was reading my Bible. And I read Second Chronicles chapter 16, verses 9. This is what it says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. When I read that, it jumped off the page. It was like this, Evan, my heart, your heart is good towards me. I'm going to work this job out for you. It's yours if you want it. When I read that, I knew the job was mine. I wasn't hoping the job was mine. I didn't have to pray no more about the job. I knew the job was mine because guess what? I had a foundation principle from the word. He said, my eyes are running to and fro. I got you, Evan. So I got to the job interview. It was about eight of us, eight or ten. Everybody interviewed. I think we interviewed about eight times that day from eight different people. And so uh, while we're sitting at the table eating lunch, I knew the job was mine. And I said to myself, wow, they wasting feeding all these people when the job is mine. So I just, at the dinner table, I was just thanking God for my job. 
Well, they said, oh, well, you hear from us two weeks later, two days later, two or three days later, they called us and said, Mr. Connor, this is your job if you want it. Well, all they did, watch this, was to confirm what was already, what I had already read. See, faith can be produced in your life when you believe what God has said. Amen. So here's the thing. This is why the enemy, in my opinion, will do anything to keep you out of the word. That's why you're busy. So he can keep you from hearing the voice of his word. You say, well, Pastor Evan, I, I don't have time. Well, no, you got to make time for his voice. Amen. Now, Psalm 119.105 says the, the word is a lamp unto our feet and light unto my path. So guess what? So now when I prior, prioritize the word, now I'm reading it for direction in my life. But there are going to be times where there may be things I want or desire or believe I need that may not line up or may not be in the, in the Bible. Like, for instance, uh, when my wife and I got married, before we got married, I, was on, I had asked the Lord, Lord, when would you like me to get married? Because, see, uh, I had been in Bible school two years. I had saved my money before I went to Bible school. So I was living on my savings for two years. So whatever bills I had and for whatever money I needed, it was all saved up. But uh, I knew that money saved up wasn't going to be enough for a wife, especially this wife. So I began to pray. I said, Lord, when do you want me to get married? So nobody knew I was praying that prayer. I mean, uh, there's no verse in the Bible that says thou shalt get married on December 20th. So I had asked God, when do we get married? And I'll never forget, I was, I was on the phone with my sister, my older sister. And uh, we were talking, and she just said something like this. She says, you know what? You should, you know, they were coming down for my graduation. She said, you ought, you ought to just get married right after your graduation. We're all going to be there. And so it just makes sense to get married while we're all there and we can witness your graduation and your marriage. And I thought, wow, that was a great idea. And I knew when she said it, it was God. But it did not match my plans. See, my plans were I needed to come back to America, make some more money, then go back get married, and bring my wife back with me. But that didn't match what God wanted to do. And so when my sister said it to me, I knew it was God. Now, you say, well, Pastor Evan, how did you know it was God? Sometimes somebody can be talking and you know that that's God talking to you. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, but you still need some kind of reference point. And here's, the, here's how you know if, if it's you or if it's God. So when my sister told me that, I said, man, it would be a great idea. I think I told my wife, my fiance at the time, I think I might have told her. But uh, when I went to the Lord, he says, Evan, I, I want you to get married right after you graduate. I said, Lord, I, I don't have no money. He says, well, Evan, are you getting married according to your riches in glory or my riches in glory? Well, I didn't have no riches or no glory. So I said, well, it looks like we're going to get married according to your riches and glory. Now, how many know that his riches and his glory don't have a limit? See, that's how you can do supernatural things because it's not based on your resources. So I said, well, Lord, it's going to have to be according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Well, once I got in agreement with what God had put in my heart, 
once he need, once he has somebody in agreement, now his will can take place. Now he can send the resources. So I told my, my fiance at the time and, uh, told her, Hey, well, let's get married in December. And you know, she was with that cause she wanted a brother. <laughs> this is my side of the story. She wouldn't say that. I'm just embe- embellishing just a little bit. So, so she, she, we wanted to go out to dinner. She said, Hey, I, I want to tell you something. You know, let's go to dinner. And so we went to dinner one night. She says, you know, uh, there was a man that my mom worked for when she was alive. And he sees me as his daughter. And he found out we were getting married. And he decided to pay for our whole wedding. Whole wedding. The whole wedding. I didn't even pay for my parents' tickets to come down. All I paid for was the ring. And the one that my wife chose was very inexpensive. How many know I've upgraded her since then? Praise the Lord. But here's the deal. What my sister said confirmed with what was what was in my heart. It jumped out at me. And now somebody paid for the whole wedding. What if I had not got in agreement with what God said? Amen. So now let's go to point number two, which is God's word will always confirm God's voice. Now, I'm going to get deeper in this one in just a minute. God's word will always confirm God's voice. God's word will always confirm God's voice. In other words, if God says something to you, his word should confirm it. And the problem is God, it's not God sometimes. that He's saying something is saying something to us. And since we don't know if it's God or not, we take it as if it's God. And instead of waiting on the confirmation, we continue to move forward. This happened to me, everybody said years ago. So we're on our honeymoon. My wife and I, we got married. We had a little over a month honeymoon. We had a good time. And uh, it was in Jamaica. So at that point... I didn't know. Remember, he said, remain thou there until I bring you word. Remember that scripture I just read? So I'm still waiting. A month then went by now. Now, thank God we were living in her uncle's condo, so it didn't cost us nothing. So we just chilling. And one morning I get up, I get up early, and I was, I was up praying one morning. I was praying in tongues. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me that he wanted us to move to Arlington, Texas. Now, I am from the Dallas area, okay? Never lived in Arlington. But he speaks to me, Arlington. Now, how many know, thou shalt move to Arlington is not in the Bible? I mean, if you find that verse, let me know. It's not in here. So how do you and I, watch this, how do we discern if what I just heard comes from God? Well, the scripture says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I get up that morning. He speaks to me, Arlington. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have to tell my wife that we're not going to be living here in Jamaica. So she gets up that morning, same morning, gets up. She comes to me and she says, babe, what's Arlington? 
I said, what do you mean? She said, what's Arlington? I said, why? She says, well, God just told me this morning when I woke up that that's where we're going to be moving. Everybody say confirmation. See, God loves you and I too much to let us make dumb mistakes. And so what he needs to do when it's not in his word, he needs to confirm it by some reliable sources. Now, don't wait for your confirmation to come from your drunk Uncle Willie. Come on, everybody got a drunk uncle. You know what I'm saying? And I always want to talk about the Bible when they get drunk. Why do they want to talk about the Bible? No, you get your confirmation from a reliable source. And here it is. My wife wakes up, had ne- didn't even know where Arlington was. Do you remember that, babe? She didn't even know where Arlington was. And she asked me because God spoke to her. Well, he confirmed his word. Even though Arlington wasn't in the Bible, he confirmed it through a person. And this is why you got to always keep your heart right at times because when he does speak something to you that is not in the Bible, your heart has to be open not just to hear it but also to trust him to confirm it. And this is the problem. Some of us, we want what we want so bad that we'll use anybody to confirm it. That's why you see on TV, oh, that's my word, that's my word, that's my word. Uh, God, I feel God wanted me to move to Alaska. Really. And so you're looking at, you know, the Alaskan Bush King episode of TV, and that's your confirmation. You're going to get out there and freeze. That's what's going to happen. So, years ago, when we were looking at several buildings before we were building, we were looking at several buildings, and, and I realized that God didn't want us to buy a building. He wanted us to build a building. Now, Second Samuel, you can just write this one down. You all know this verse. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 10 says this, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel. I will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. See that verse? You have to personalize the verse. And see, watch this. You know how I got that verse? I was watching Christian TV one day, and I just had it planned. And uh, a pastor on a show or something read this verse. When he read it, I knew that was our verse for our church, that God was going to appoint a place for us, he was going to plant us in a place of our own and that we move no more. That's why, watch this, every time I wanted to buy a building, he didn't want us to buy one. And see, this is where now you have to let God direct your path. You can't control that. Because, see, I could have just been disobedient and say, well, I'm going to buy a building anyway. Let me just tell you a secret. Anytime you buy something God don't want you to buy, you're going to have to finance it. See, the blessings of the Lord... Make you rich and add no sorrow, but the blessings of yourself cause you a lot of money and add some sorrow to you. And so I knew at that point. And so, so one year, this was probably back, I don't know, five, seven years ago, I saw this grocery store that was available. It was bigger than what we were building at the time. And I thought, man, this is a great place for us to move our church into. Because at the time I was tired of setting up and breaking down. 
Set up, break down, set up, break down. And all of my friends was like, Evan, you need to get out of that school. You need to get out of that school. And I'm listening to them. And, and the Lord said, Evan, you need to stay in that school. Evan, you need to stay in the school. Well, who do I listen to? So I take Pastor Che and I build her over to this building. Took him in there, looked around. I was like, oh, this is nice. And it was a great location and everything. And so, you know, the realtor showed us the building. I asked him how much it was. And, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do to negotiate this. So I, I go home and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, how, how are we going to buy this building? Now, he ain't in it, but I'm asking him. And all your ways acknowledge him. How are we going to get this building? And he says very plainly. It's not yours. Leave it alone. I got mad at the Lord. First of all, I was like, well, whose is it then? It ain't mine. Whose is it? Don't you see we need a building? We setting up and breaking down. This is what he said to me. He says, Evan, the children of Israel, they set up and broke down for 40 years. Do you want to go any further? Oh, 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 oh. Ten is good for me, Lord. Ten is good. So when he told me that, I got upset with the Lord. And I had an attitude with the Lord for two weeks. I mean, I still loved him. But I had a... How many know what I'm talking about? I I just had an issue with the Lord. So finally, after sulking for like two weeks, he came to me and he says, Evan, what verse did I give you? You were planting us in a place of our own that we move no more. He says, so if you bought that building, Evan, if you bought it, would you have to move? I said, well, yeah, we'd have to move because there ain't enough parking and ain't enough acreage. It's just a building. That's it. Can't put no, no outside playground equipment. That's it. He said, well, Evan, if you would have to move, then it ain't yours. Second Samuel 17, Evan, I said, I will appoint a place for you in word of truth and I will plant you that you may dwell in a place of your own and move no more. Let it go. How many know I let it go? Now watch this. I got that word. I think it was in 2008. That word has held us. How many years is that? 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 17. That word has given us standing power and staying power for seven years. So when some people say, well, I, I, when y'all going to build? Well, we, it's coming. Okay, well, I ain't staying. Well, so when you're building, oh, okay, well, I'll come when you build. No, no, no. See, some of us had enough spiritual stamina about ourselves that we weren't going to move ourselves. We were going to let God move us. And here it is now. You can see manifestation has occurred. What's my point? My point is God will confirm his word. But you got to get the word in you for him to, 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 to confirm it. And he will always perform what he says. I'm going to read this and then we're going to stop right here. Isaiah chapter 55. I'm going to read. I'm going to start in verse uh, 9. It says, "For the, well, let's start in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and snow from heaven... And returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, so shall my word, say his word, 
so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. My word will not return to me void. My word will accomplish that which I please. My word shall prosper in the thing that I send it. I love another version. It says this. Uh, for as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth, it says, so shall my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in a manner for which I sent it. In other words, God's word has power, he has staying power. See, that's why before you get a man or before you get a wife, you need a word. See, that word will help you stand. As a matter of fact, if you get the right word, it'll help you keep out the wrong person. No, you know, the word of God says that the man will love his wife like Christ loves the church. And you meet this, this fellow. And he's already done jail time for domestic disputes. How many know you? How many know you need to do background checks on people? (laughs) Hello. You can be spiritual about it. You can be real spiritual. Say, hey, how you doing? Uh, You know, this is about the third or fourth date, you know, you know, because after the first or second, you should already discern whether or not they even should be dateable. So after date number one, date number two, if on either one of those dates y'all went out to eat and he didn't say grace, not the one. No, you just eliminated Joseph. Brother, do you know how to say grace? God is great. God is good. Let's thank him together for this food. But you didn't say it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm not going to keep dating a joker or a lady who she just gobble up, sit the food. <laughs> what? Elimination. So let's say you're on the fourth, fifth date or so, and you think, you know, this is getting serious. And so you just ask them, so where are you from? Where are you from? Uh, I'm from, I'm from Dallas. Okay. Were you born in Dallas? Now see, they don't know you screening them. Were you born in Dallas? Oh no, I was born in El Paso, Texas. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you been married before? Yeah, I've been married before. I've been married before. Okay, I, I have too. Uh, how many times? Uh, why do you want to know? I just want to know. Just want to make sure we compatible. I've been married five times. Five times. Five times. <laughs> so how many kids do you have? I have two. By my previous marriage. How many, how many kids do you have? <laughs> ten. Okay. Ten. Ten. 
Now, you know you don't want no 10 stepkids. So that date is officially over. They don't know it, though. Just going through the motions. Hey, good to see Oh, I just had a great time. Don't ever call them back. They ain't got a problem with somebody got 10 kids. I'm just saying that some of y'all are dating people. You don't really know who they are. You have to know them. And just for premarital purposes, I always tell people in premarital, check the credit. Credit. Check it. I don't want to give them my social. Let them sit in front of you. Check their social security. Check Equifax, TransUnion. All of them. Check it. So well, why am I going to check it? Because, see, you don't know that you marry somebody and you marry a million dollars worth of debt. Amen. And that was all for free. But you got to know. You got to know who you're married. And, and listen, when, right down 2 Corinthians 13. I'm closing right here. 2 Corinthians 13. It says, this is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. That's how my wife and I have functioned in our relationship. When God has said something to us but is not necessarily in the Bible, then we have waited for confirmation. Even for me to be a pastor, I probably had three or four people to prophesy to me about being a pastor. Because you don't want to do this if you're not called to do it. So I believe there are some of you who are in the midst of decision making. So Pastor Edmund, I, I don't know if this is the right job for me to take. Well, Jesus said if you ask the Father for the Holy Spirit, He's not going to give you a serpent or a stone. God loves you and I too much to let us ask a question and He not direct us. How many of you in the room, if your child asked you for some direction on something and you knew it, how many would tell them? Would you tell them? Well, God's the same way. If we're asking Him, if we are, watch this, acknowledging Him in all of our ways, He is going to direct our path, but we have to be patient and let Him do it. And, and this is why you have to read the Word, because when you're reading God's Word, something can jump out at you and you know, because there's no way I could have had a church for 12 years to be mobile. I counted that setting up and breaking down over 500 times. There's no way the average church would even last from something like that. But you know what? His word is the stabilizing force. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Evan, I'm in the midst of decisions. I don't know what decision to make. I need wisdom from God. The scripture says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give it to all men freely and upbraid it not. If you need some wisdom today on a decision, I want to pray for you. Very quickly, as a matter of fact, if you need wisdom for a decision, just raise your hand so I can know who I'm praying for. Oh, man. Wow, 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 wow. Lots of hands. You can put your hand down. Father, in Jesus' name. Your word says, if two of us touch and agree on earth as having anything, we can have it. 
And so I touch and agree now with everyone who raised their hands, who's in the midst of decisions, who need the wisdom from God. Father, I pray. Your word says ask for wisdom and that's what we're doing. And so I ask not only for you to provide them for wisdom, that Father give them the clarity and Father give them the confirmation that they need that they are making the decision you would have them to make. And I thank you now for their hearts being at peace, their minds being in sync with their heart, that they will know exactly what you would have them to do in Jesus' name. But every head still, still bowed. If you're here today, here's my question. If you die today, are you sure you go to heaven?